So this is take two. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the podcast, take two. (laughs) On how to protect your kids, you're listening to Do I Make You Uncomfortable with Morgan and Sarah. I'm Morgan. I'm Sarah. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening. If it's your first time, welcome. We hope you make you uncomfortable. If you've been here before, you know the drill. We're going to make you uncomfortable. So today we are going to talk about um, how to keep your kids safe. Yeah. Um, in kind of several different ways. Um, but Sarah really thought of this one. And so why don't you take it away, Sarah? Um, so I have a lot of resources for you guys and I'll tell you them again at the end. But uh, missingkids.org is... Our Nick Beck, uh, Nick National <laughs> National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. Oh, we forgot to tell you guys that we make jokes and we laugh, and I hope you're oh. okay with that. Because if not, then so we talk about uncomfortable subjects, and um, we are warning you now: if you don't think that uncomfortable subjects and humor go together, you should probably run uh, away. See you later. Run away. So today's, today's isn't as uncomfortable, I don't think, as some of the ones that we've discussed. But no. um, anyway, yeah. So yeah. stay along for the ride. But if you... Yeah. Um, if you want to. If you want to. Also, if you're listening, if you would go on Apple Podcasts and subscribe oh, yeah. to us. And then if you click on our podcast and scroll down, um, give us five stars. Uh, we are trying to get more listeners we're working on boosting posts but um if you would do that that would be super helpful truthful okay so um i go to missingkids.org polarisproject.org and love146.org are usually my three go-tos when it comes to uh information and uh, statistics and things like that So what we really want to talk about when it comes to the safety of your children is I I before you start, before you start, because you are a little frustrated with things that have been happening and the separation of human trafficking and COVID. So why don't you talk a little bit about that first? So Morgan, on our first attempt at this, um, Morgan <laughs> said, you know, she said, you know, because it's kind of been in the light lately. And I have a lot of opinions about that. I feel like people are using trafficking as a way to distract from other major issues. And I cannot get on board with that. Uh, I, If you want to get on board and help with the, you know, recognition and, you know, anything that you can do to help with trafficking. Great. I'm all for that, but don't use it in your agenda or your political agenda. Uh, I just, I cannot handle it. In fact, I had a friend message me today and say, when did this happen? Am I missing something? Like, (laughs) When did all these people start caring about child trafficking? And I said, 
if they truly care about child trafficking, I'm super excited about it. But right. most people are just trying to distract away from COVID being a conspiracy. Right. And because the reality of trafficking is it's been around for a very, very long time. And it's been a global public health issue for a very long time, not just right. a public health issue, but a global public health issue. And so for us to be able to kind of have a discussion about what it looks like to keep your kids safe from possibly being trafficked um, is huge. And it's interesting. I don't know if you saw Kristen's post, um, but Kristen. she... Yeah. Um, uh, Casey, Casey, P. Kristen. Oh yeah, yeah, I did, I did see that. Yeah, so she, the the reality of trafficking is that it's not going to be a stranger that snatches your child up, right? It's going to be somebody who they are close to or that they feel like they're close to, but that's or that has been that, grooming them. But that that's what I'm going to say. Like that's the way that um, predators work nowadays is that they work to get close to your child and make a relationship with your child, and so that's really what we're going to be talking about because it's not going to be somebody who snatches you from a store. It's less likely and more rare for that to happen is what she right. posted. So that's right. what we're talking about. Okay, right. Now, and that's like, true. And I actually talked to the children's hospital. I talked to the coordinator over at the children's hospital here um, in the area. And she actually confirmed that previously, you know, most of what, I feel like I had seen previously when I worked at your facility Uh, (laughs) (laughs) and the current facility I'm at um, previously, it had been a lot of, you know, familial trafficking where people are selling their children for food, for housing, for drugs, for anything. And, um, she said that actually now it's it's the and them meeting them on the internet, which is the hardest uh, is the hardest thing for them right now. What I always have thought is that I feel like personally, familial human trafficking to me is just the absolute worst. Like it just hurts my soul more than anything because I cannot rationalize that. I can rationalize some of the other trafficking, but I cannot rationalize it. But it's because I've never been in that situation and I don't judge them. I don't look down on them or whatever. I've never been to the point where I've had to think about selling my child for sex in order to put food on the table. Right. I think I would much rather try and sell myself. I don't know how well that would work. I'm (laughs) pretty sure that you've made that comment before. Yes, I'm pretty sure yeah, I'm pretty sure I have. Sorry if I have, but but for real. Well, and not only that, but we're not just talking about keeping your own kids safe. This is a point that you made last time was like keeping kids right. around you that you know safe. So Sarah mentioned, you know, that my kids feel like her kids to her and, you know, her son feels like my son. And so, you know, we treat our children the same. Like we have the same expectations when we're around each other is that we're going to keep them safe. Right. And so when we talk about this, it's not just about keeping your kids safe, but it's also about, you know, providing a safety net for maybe your kids as friends who aren't being overseen as strictly as you might oversee your parents and, you know, or your children, or, maybe your parents too. <laughs> Let's just be honest. <laughs> I mean, my parents for him. Um, <laughs> so also it, it's, this is a trigger and a reminder for those who work in any sort of 
capacity where they're dealing with children. So social work, uh, teachers, healthcare workers, principals, you know, you name it, babysitters, anything. In fact, uh, I am going to be doing a live Zoom, you guys. Maybe trying (laughs) to record it if I can figure out how to do that. I can help you. I'll show you how to do it. Uh, I found the record button. Well, then all you got to do is push the button. Shut up. It's just the matter of figuring (laughs) out how to disseminate it afterward. Where the recording goes, is that what you mean? Yeah, and how to get it to people if they want it. No. So... Also, we do want to tell you thank you for sticking with us because we have had some lives hit us in the face in the last <sighs> month. Um, Sarah and I were planning on recording and then my aunt passed away a few weeks ago. And then um, about a few days ago, we were planning on recording again and we ended up going to a winery and enjoying 90s bingo a little bit too much. So um, thanks for sticking with us because we did, you know, get thank hit you in the so face much. with life. Um, yeah. well, and, then, and, and then last you... night... <laughs> I was going to say, how our recording recording. works. I might still put it in at the very end because it, 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 did you listen to it? It's pretty funny. Like, I didn't get all the way. So last night while we were recording, I had my husband who had not been feeling well, who's a firefighter, quarantined in our bedroom. And my son and I were in the living room and I had been sleeping in my son's room. And uh, we were in the living room and I had my laptop up and. So my husband texted me during our recording, knowing that I'm recording and I couldn't look at the text message because we're, re- I'm using my phone to record. So I sent him a message on Facebook. I said, still recording. What do you need? And he posted, I'm COVID positive. And I just stopped. You go. And I was like, <gasps> that was direct. <laughs> and I was like, what just happened? Chris is positive. Chris is COVID positive. Uh, and, pretty, then, and then I, when I was like, no. <laughs> I know. I know. The whole thing was pretty hilarious. Oh, uh, and at one, point, at one point during our recording yesterday, uh, he was also tipped to it, tiptoeing oh, tip-toe through the me. house. <laughs> yeah, I did hear that part. <laughs> well, and so, I have anyway. a kiddo down with COVID symptoms. So, yes. um, yeah. yeah, we're living that COVID life around here. Right. Well, the cough started for me today. Oh, Lord. Great. I know. I'm just hoping. I'm, I'm just praying. I got I got swabbed today, so should find out soon. Anyway. Uh, anyway. Sorry. <laughs> Back to not being quarantined. Um, so this is, uh, I'm doing this Zoom, uh, a live Zoom on August 25th at 5 p.m. Uh, if for anybody. It's going to be a very basic not how to traffic kids, <laughs> but how to recognize uh, that this may be going on. Um, when I posted it, Morgan was like, uh, just so you know, guys. <laughs> well, because the post read, would anybody be interested on a, in, a, in a webinar or a PowerPoint on human trafficking and child sex trafficking? And I immediately saw the post and I was like, just to clarify, she means on how to to identify it and how to combat it, not how to do it. That's <laughs> pretty good. It's pretty good. So anyway, let's focus. Let's focus. So uh, I want this to be kind of an all-inclusive, uh, and I, I'm going to kind of maybe jump more, a little more in depth on the Zoom than we do tonight, probably. But if we think about it and we think about the internet is going to be the worst part 
the biggest part where our kids are going to be targeted, we need to think about how we can help our kids. And I do uh, a presentation about social media and the dark web. And every time I give that, I make sure that I preface with, I'm not here to give you, like, I'm not here to scare you. This isn't a scare tactic. I'm here to just give you examples of what is out there and what is fully happening right now on the internet and on these social media platforms and give you guys ways of trying to help talk to your children because that's the number one thing. That is absolutely the number one way to keep your kids safe is to keep an open line of communication with them and let them know that they can come to you for anything. Right. I was talking yesterday and I said, Bradley tells on himself all the time. Yeah. And he, he does it. And it sometimes I, I find it really hard for him to even get like in trouble, in trouble uh, for doing it. He did it today. Uh, I was in the bedroom doing some stuff and he was in the, the living room and he is not supposed to get into the gecko's cage without any of us in there. And he did. And he came in and I said, what are you doing? And he said, I knocked over the rock in the gecko's cage. And I said, how? And he said, well, I was in it. So, I mean, he, he told, he told on himself right there. (laughs) And so he, we have, we try and keep that open line of communication of you just tell us what's going on. And I remind him continuously, you know, you can tell mommy and daddy anything. And if anybody ever tells you that you can't tell mommy and daddy this, you can't tell mommy and daddy unless it's like a Christmas present or a birthday present (laughs) that you're not supposed to tell us about because I love surprises. Mm -hmm. As long as it's not one of those things, if it's something else or somebody else saying, don't tell your mom and dad, you absolutely need to tell your mom and dad. Right. And the way that I went about opening the lines of communication with my kids Am I on? You can say things. You are on speakerphone, but you can say things. He's in the living room. Okay. So, um, when Brooklyn was seven, she's always been a really intuitive kiddo. And so when she was seven, she was sitting in the backseat of the car and it was just her and I in the car. And she's like, mom, are elves real? And I was like, here we go. Because I told her, you know, you can ask me anything and I'm going to tell you the truth. And so I said, well, you know, no, elves aren't real. They're make believe. And, um, And she immediately put two and two together and said, wait a minute, does that mean Santa's not real? And I was like, well, what do you think? She said, no, I don't think he's real. And I said, no, you know, Santa isn't real. I said, but you know, you, since you learned that, that aspect of Christmas, you get to be a Santa now. So it may not be one person, but you get to be a Santa and you get to keep that magic alive for people who do believe that there's a Santa Claus. And I said, you know, my favorite time of the year is Christmas and to have that magic and is, is it makes it so much better. And so you have to make sure that you keep the magic alive for other people who still believe or don't know that it's make believe yet. And she was like, Oh, okay. But I really think that even at seven mm-hmm. for her to ask that question and for me to say, I'm going to tell you the truth. It was really important right. for me to do that and open the line of communication. And, you know, she, she'll ask me anything. I mean, she will, she'll ask me questions and I tell her the truth. And, you know, I think we were talking about this yesterday 
that when you do that for your children, sometimes you have to have conversations that make you uncomfortable. And so you have to move past that uncomfortability in the conversation and just be honest so that they know the reality of things, you know, really how it works. Because you don't want to beat around the bush and give them this false sense of what something is or leave something out because it makes you feel uncomfortable. Because in reality... If you're able to have that conversation, it normalizes, especially when we talk about sex, it normalizes the, the normalcy of sex as opposed to making right. it taboo. Right. So having Which an open dialogue is really important. We do, we do uh, recognize that obviously like child trafficking and grooming and things like that. And, you know, you don't want to have the sex talk with your kids at age three unless they're like super inquisitive about things, you know, Bradley and I've had kind of a, a little bit of a talk of like, where did you come from sort of thing? Because he saw his sonogram picture and things like that. And I had a C-section. So I didn't, I was like, they cut you out of me. <laughs> That's how you came out. <laughs> Skated around that conversation. Yeah. Well, I yeah. had that well, conversation with my kids too. And-, and he asked me if he, if he asked me if I threw him up. Oh, Cause I was in his belly. Yeah. How did you get out? How did I get out? Did you throw me out? <laughs> they cut you out of me. Yeah. I, I yeah. Think we, I've had that conversation with Brooklyn and Maddox too. And you know, the words penis and vagina are just penis and vagina in our house. It doesn't, it's right. not uncomfortable. But one of the things about you and I too, is that we have lectures based on sexual assault and really heinous things that we talk about. And so having a conversation about something that's normal for us is easy, but it might not be easy for people listening, right? So how right. how do you go about that? Well, have conversations with your spouse or with a friend about how you're going to have that conversation first or practice in the mirror about having saying, saying words that make you uncomfortable like vagina and penis. Um, because we talked about yesterday, sitting in a room full of men that are 35 years, 34 years old and trying to train them and saying the word penis or vagina and they still giggle is a little bit frustrating, you know, like, because even even so much as, you know, I did a a few years, it's been a long, it's been years now, a few years ago, I did some training with some of the detectives and talking about things just made them squirm. I mean, just, and and I was giving anatomy lessons, basically. That's what they asked for. Mm-hmm. They asked for an anatomy lesson. So I gave them anatomy lessons. And they were just squirming. And I'm so glad our favorite detective wasn't there because I can't imagine oh, making God. it through the class. I can't imagine either because I had to teach a class with him yes, about simulation sure and sexual assault. And he was a pain. And I'm sure it was phenomenal. He was a pain phenomenal. in the ass. No, yes. He always you know who we're him. talking about if you're listening, you a-hole. Yeah, we love you. <laughs> he actually uh, texted me and checked on me last night oh, just good. to see how things were going. Yeah, so good. Anyway, so um, looking at trying to like normalize these things with your child, but yet not normalize them so much that it's okay that somebody else does something. Right. And the internet is something that's it's very difficult um, to. What am I looking? What's the word I'm looking for? It's it's kind of hard to uh, restrain them from using it and being a censor part of social media. Censor, thank you. Yeah. Um, because you know, we have talked about me taking a break from Facebook because I like to get on fights on Facebook, 
and um was that to be interrupted yeah i'm recording get out the dog's now in here okay go ahead are you in the closet yeah i'm in the closet with your dog no 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 he poked his head in oh okay i was like wait a minute he can't (laughs) fit in there with you He just um, his little nose in. I was like, get out. Okay. Hello. I love you. But. <laughs> uh, but what what we talk about with um, social media is, you know, I like to get into arguments on social media. It's one of my favorite things. And so I have talked about taking a break from social media, but I've also figured out that there is absolutely no way I can take a break from social media because that's where I get most of all of uh, my school updates on Bradley's school. And so it would be too difficult to take a break from Facebook without being able to know what's going on with his school. And imagine that with on the kids level too is, you know, I've heard from some parents saying like, you know, well, we, they wanted me to download Snapchat for my 12 year old daughter because that's where, like, we got updates for the swim team. Well, at BT Dubs, that's illegal based on all of right. the social media apps. You cannot be on social media apps unless you're 13 years old. And, and so if you have a teacher or somebody that's doing that, they probably don't know that policy about social media, the, the apps. But it's 13, the age is 13 for children to be able to be on there. And, you know, um, we just got my 10-year-old a phone because, you know, her dad and I are divorced. And so we wanted her to be able to get a hold of of me when she's over there. And when um, she's here, you know, they can they can talk without any restriction. And so not restriction to go through each other, not restriction. Yeah. Us having to go through each other. She can just get a hold of her dad if she needs to. And her brother's with her all the time. So they both can't. Anyway, so I bet she's asked me like 300 times if she can have TikTok or Snapchat. And I'm like, absolutely not. You are not 13. You can't have it until you're 13. Those are the rules and guidelines. And we know how Morgan likes her rules and guidelines and to follow Uh those things. And so, and I'm going to remain hard and fast about it. And I have her locked down. Like she has to request every single app through me. So everything that she downloads on her phone goes through requests for me that I have to approve first. And I have, I have said no to several things that she has tried to download because you really have to get in and look and see like what it is. She even downloaded like the stylist one that I wasn't going to stylist where you'd style different people on the app. I wondered what you were talking about yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. I I heard myself say it and it sounded like the pen that you you used to sign. Yeah. Yeah. Stylist. She, so she styles different um, people on the app. And so I really had to consider that one because the body images on there are not, they're all like thin model images. And I didn't know if I right. wanted her to see that. And so I, you know, but I've had that conversation with her too. Like they're different body types. All of them are beautiful. You know, you just happen to be this body type. And that doesn't mean that you need to look any other way or that you need to strive to look like anything else. So, um, being able to be on the social media apps, you have to be 13 before you can be on them. And so for a teacher or a coach to say they need to download this at 12 is not okay. <laughs> and I, I would take no. that to them and say, well, hey, you. And on top of that, I mean, how, how 
effective is it to get any sort of update on Snapchat? Because what if I mean, if you look at your the either you look at the the photo, the video, or the chat itself, and then you have to get out of it to do something else. So say you're like, oh, they say August 25th is when we're doing this. And you have to get out of the app to go back. And you're like, oh, what time was it? You go back in, it's gone. Yeah. And you can't replay it. Yeah, it's not so really the not most effective. effective way. Yeah. Yeah, that, so that was the argument that I had that night. But with this this nurse, I was like, that was the, the least effective app to use. But uh, when it comes to online safety, Again, it's more about just talking to your kids and understanding what they're actually dealing with. We talked about Bark last night, and Mm -hmm. I still think Bark is the most amazing app out there right now. Yeah, Um, well, you you suggested it to me, and I went in and I looked mm -hmm. at it, and because of how locked down I have her phone right now, I don't know that it is something that I need currently. Because it does, like, it does, like, lock you down pretty good. Like, you can really see what your children are looking at. And since I already have her pretty um, locked down, I don't know that I need it now. But what got me was the ad that I was telling you about yesterday that I went in and I watched. And um, mm-hmm. they, they disguised one of their um, executives as a 15-year-old. She was, like, in her 40s, wasn't she? Like 30, 30s, 40s, like, and so they used software to change the way that she looked, um, in addition to, like, how they they dressed her and stuff. And they made two dummy accounts, and I was wrong. It was within 40 seconds on the first one that I saw that they were soliciting Mm. her. Within 40 seconds, somebody was soliciting her, this 15-year-old, and asked specifically what her age was. I mean, there was a conversation about it, and so... You know, this Bark app is really interesting. I'll let you, I'll let you continue with it, but I wanted to plug it. Hashtag we're not getting paid for plugging. Totally Bark not getting any all. sponsors from this, but <laughs> maybe I should call them and be like, hey, we have this great podcast. Yo. <laughs> uh, we would love to rep your, your product. product. So, so um, Bark was started initially because of the epidemic of uh, suicide the high rate of suicide in teens and young, uh, young people. (coughs) Sorry. So they started this app where it monitors all of, when you download the software to your phone, to your laptop, to the iPad, to anything, it monitors all of your child's social media platforms. Most of them, not all of them, most of them, because there's hundreds of thousands of platforms out there and I think they do 40 plus I think um but it was originally started because what they do is they had keywords that were programmed into the app itself that would um key or send a message an email or a text message to you directly to the parent saying there's a problem on the social media and a lot of the words initially were things like suicide or killing or things like that because they were that's what they were kind of focused on in the very beginning and then they realized how big this actually could be and how well it could actually work for not only suicide but also for child trafficking and uh one of the other stats that they have on their website is actually preventing school shootings 
So on their website, which is bark.us, it um, says in partnership with parents and schools, 5.2 million children have been protected, 16 school shootings prevented, and 56,000 severe self-harm situations detected. And just those numbers alone, I think, are absolutely amazing. They have a whole lot of videos on their on their website. Uh, they tell you how it works. You can do it free trial, all of that sort of stuff. And I, I think that Bark is, I, it, it's what I've been kind of advertising um, for since it first came out. I actually was giving a presentation uh, somewhere here. And somebody asked me if I had heard of it. And I said, no. And they said, go back and, and research it. And I did. And I haven't looked back. I love Bark. It's, it's my fave. But yeah, that helps. It definitely helps. But it, one of the things that you have to do is talk to your kids about what they can encounter online, in mm-hmm. person, that kind of stuff. Well, and because... I talked about, you know, when we were talking yesterday, when you talk about talking to them about what they could encounter, but also how they're feeling when they encounter it. Because if you feel like it's wrong, then it probably is. And that's your gut feeling. That's your instinct telling you that there's something wrong with the situation. And so teaching them to listen to that instinct early and to come to you and say, this feels wrong. um, And then you have a conversation about it, about, you know, why it could be wrong or, you know, and then acknowledge that they listened to their gut because, Let's be honest. How many times have you had a gut feeling and you didn't follow it and you wish you you would have? Right. So, and we talked we talked about this yesterday, too, about how fuck politeness. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Georgia and Karen. Thank you, my favorite shout murder. Uh, shout out. Uh, be- because it's absolutely true. And it's what I teach. It's what I preach. Um, and. I get to go speak to a health class at one of the high schools in the area. And that is one of the things that I focus on the most is if you feel uncomfortable in a situation, there's a reason you feel uncomfortable, turn around, walk away, get out of the situation as fast as you can. And if later on you find out that there was absolutely nothing wrong and you just, you know, whatever, fine they'll understand that you didn't feel comfortable in that situation and that you had to leave. Mm -hmm. If not, you probably just saved your own life, but always listen to your gut and always listen to go with your gut. Yeah. And and that's when we talked about too, you know, that, that creepy uncle Kyle where they don't want to give them a hug at Christmas (laughs) or at Thanksgiving, allowing them not to, and allowing them to, to listen to that, their inner self and say, you know, I, it doesn't make me, this doesn't make me comfortable and I'm going to listen to myself and I'm going to express that because later on they're going to express when they don't feel comfortable as opposed to trying to be polite. You know, that's where fuck right. comes from as opposed to trying to be sweet or the nice girl or the one that always has to smile or, you know, the kind boy, or you have to listen to your elders. No, listen to your gut. And if you feel like it's wrong, it probably is wrong and get yourself out of that situation. Right. I was looking at um, some of the statistics again to kind of just throw some things out there. And I clicked on online enticement on uh, NECMAC's uh, website. And 
Uh, also donate to them if you absolutely can because they do a whole lot of amazing work uh but uh, this is not a stat that we even talked about yesterday but online enticement uh we did talk about a little bit online enticement but it talks about you know obtaining goods or services from a child and we were like what kind of goods or services can you can you get from a child (laughs) there's services you can get but what kind of goods and I was like there's a thousand animals in this living room right now that I would give up (laughs) but one of the statistics on here kind of blows my mind a little bit and I don't like it um it says that on the online enticement the child victims ranged age in from age one height one to 17 with a mean age of 15 no what just one. what why how like how does that that's the other thing like how why how is that even i don't know and oh i we could get into the whole pedophile as a as a sexual oh my god no we can't get into that because it's the most ridiculous thing i've ever heard of in my life and that's what you're gonna say too oh no i was gonna say i actually uh believe in it get the fuck out of here I'm not gonna say that ever. <laughs> <laughs> um, but when um, actually, I was gonna another... say, I believe it. You, you kept it pretty straight there, too. I did. I did. <laughs> I was holding my breath, though. <laughs> I know you didn't want to, didn't want to make a noise. <laughs> yeah. So we did talk about a new thing, and hopefully, I can say it today. It's called sextortion. Did sextortion. I right? Yeah, yeah, you said it right. Sextortion. I said it right. And this is basically where they're extorting children online, and some of the things that they use. This is, you know, where they're getting the nude photos and uh, pretending. Oh, this is the other pretending to work for a modeling agency. Oh, my Lanta. Right. Uh, and the numbers here, uh, the ages of the child victims range. Do you remember the range, Morgan? Well, you, yeah. Uh, uh, to 17. It's 8 to 17. Yes. Yes. Because we both, like, our jaws dropped. What? Eight? Like an 8-year-old. Seriously. How? <laughs> How are you soliciting that from an 8-year-old? Also, why is an 8-year-old online like this? You know what I mean? Like, you got to have so, a little bit more coverage. Remember, remember Xbox. Oh, geez. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and PlayStation and stuff like that. On the male side of things, uh, you're right, you know, you're right. because when we got, when we finally got a PlayStation, I was like, I don't want it hooked to the internet. And Chris was like, there's no way to play it if you're not. And I was like, uh, no. So we're very, 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 very careful with our PlayStation. But, yeah. and that's, that's how people had been soliciting, like pedophiles had been soliciting photographs through Fortnite and things like that mm-hmm. because they were doing it. Now, obviously, you can't send photographs over online. But they can solicit you know, over, on there and then have them send And become friends way. with them and then have them send to them pictures and things like that. Yeah. So the grooming process takes a while. It takes a very long while. Or sometimes. <laughs> Depends. Uh, it depends on how the kid is, and we uh, have to talk about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Uh, 
Every time. Every time. <laughs> Maslow was right. Um, so when it comes to this, again, and we're just, it, we sound like robots and we're just repeating ourselves, but it's, they are really just going for the most vulnerable area that you can have. And some of the risk factors that they list on like love 146 is um, poverty and low socioeconomical um, status and things like that, which are true, but that's just that person's vulnerability mm-hmm. just because you don't have a, you know, you don't live in poverty. If you live in a mansion, it doesn't mean that you're not vulnerable to this. Mm-hmm. And, or your children aren't vulnerable to this. Right. And because it's, so, it, because when you think about it too, soliciting somebody who's playing Xbox um, or soliciting somebody on a social media site or the age ranges that we're talking about, those kids are looking for attention. They're looking to fit in. They're looking for acceptance. And so their next rung on their Maslow's hierarchy of needs everything might be met for them. They might have food, they might have shelter, they might have, you know, they'll have a roof over their head, but we're looking at now they're looking at their lowest vulnerability is that self-confidence rung or the acceptance and love and attention rung. And so that's where they're exploiting their vulnerabilities. Right. And when they, when they're able to kind of hone in to what they what they need uh, in in life, and that's where they are unable to are able to kind of ensnare them. We talk about, and I hear all the time people talking down about teenagers and about how they're they're always connected, they're always on their phones, they have to be, you know, twenty four hours a day doing this, doing that. Well, absolutely, and you do too. Don't you, you know, when is your, when is your phone gone down that you haven't had a me- mental meltdown, you know, um, or how many times do we, you check social media per day? I told you I'm not answering that. Well, yeah, <laughs> I know. And when it's you an asked me yesterday, amount. Okay. That's, that's why you, that's why when you asked yesterday, I was like, are you asking me? Are you want me to are answer this question? <laughs> you were like, no, no. In general. I was like, okay, good. <laughs> yeah. Cause I didn't want to answer it either. Um, so you, you have to you have to understand that they are, they are connected and they have to be, they, they need to be connected. And right. that is a need that they have and fine. That's fine. As long as there's rules and there's boundaries right. and you talk with them and you un- make them understand. And when we say you talk to them, you have conversations with them. We, we as adults know that, standing in front of somebody and lecturing them over and over about this and that and you will do this and you will do that. It didn't work for us. It didn't work for our parents. It didn't work for our parents' parents. Why do we think it's going to work for our kids? Right. So just we, having we a conversation about what it looks like to be safe. Yes. And right. that conversation right. needs to be the anonymity that you can achieve from being online <laughs> is really risky. So when somebody Absolutely. tells you that they're a certain age or a certain sex, like they're a 15 year old girl, when in reality, they're a 48 year old man on the other end, you don't know that until you put yourself in a vulnerable spot to find that out. Right. Like right. you, you set up a time to meet them or, you know, you have to make sure that what you're doing and the conversations that you're having are very clear 
with your children, especially preteens and teens, because their logical brain and their critical thinking skills are not all the way developed yet. It doesn't happen until they're 21 for girls and 25 for boys. And sometimes, and sometimes never, never. For boys. Well, in general. Well, and in general. I've met some girls. <laughs> <laughs> but if you think about it, you have to really have very finite conversations and say, this is what can happen so that they understand that consequence. And also, we need to look at it from the standpoint of, if we're truly just, you know, talking about protecting our children, we need to look at it from the standpoint of not just sex trafficking. Like, you could be sold on the black market, as Bradley would say. Uh, You need to look at it as, what else could happen to? What else could happen to you? What could happen to your future? Mm -hmm. What could happen to your reputation? Right. You know soliciting for photos or whatever you know we've talked about and I think we've talked about this before on the podcast but the purge day I don't know I've talked about it so many yes, million this times. stupid word that you use I thought she was talking about people murdering each other when she I talked mean, about the purge day and I was like what what wait is really, that a movie? there's really this day I was like isn't that a movie isn't that where they kill people and she's like no Morgan like oh no okay, explain it to me Right. It's, it's where, uh, young teens generally will generally males will literally purge all of the photographs, um, that they have received from young females generally onto the internet. And a few boys in years past have gotten into quite a bit of trouble for it. Uh, they were, you know, 14 to 17. I don't remember their exact ages to be honest. And, uh, of course all of the photographs were were young girls because they were their peers and they could have and were in jeopardy of being fined or uh, charged sorry with child pornography distribution because technically it's child porn yeah you know so not only you know you send that picture to somebody and you think oh it's just for their eyes only it's not for everybody else you have no idea where that picture is going to go and once it goes you have absolutely no control over it after that and I think making sure that people know that because later on in life when you decide that you want to run for vice president or run for president or run for congress of some sort and people start pulling out your nude photographs from when you were a teenager listen (laughs) I mean, talk about I mean, right. Nobody wants to see it, Congressman Wiener. Keep it in your pants. Yeah. But he did keep it in his pants, didn't he? He just took a picture of the outside. Yeah. Okay, FYI, girls don't like dick pics. So if you're a dude listening, unless your girl asks you for one, don't send them an unsolicited picture of your penis because we don't want them. They're not beautiful. They're not pretty. We're nurses. We've seen many penises. None of them have been pretty. God was like, oh, I have a little extra stuff. We're going to put it here. Um, That's probably not what God was thinking. I'm not speaking for God in real terms, (laughs) but that's how it feels because, you know, it's used for for reproducing. Reproduction. You know, but for real, they're not. And um, somebody asked me one time, do you ever think that they could be cute? And I was like, no, never. They're not pretty. No. Never. I mean, maybe it's if you, like, cute. decorated them and bedazzled them and... Then that would know. be just weird. And it, it yeah. would be weird and not cute. So, unless your and girl wants functional. it, 
then that's, you know, you do you, boo, and you share those pictures, right. but don't send an unsolicited one. We don't want them. It's not cute. No. You like your penis. You continue to like your penis, but we don't want to see that's it. That's great. Now, most no. of the time, if you cover it up and give us something to, to work with, a little mystery, leave a little mystery there, that's much better. Right. For most of us. I'm not speaking for every woman. Just speaking for <laughs> most of us. <laughs> just saying. Listen. <laughs> uh, but also the other aspect of this that you can look at too on actually truly protecting our children is bullying too. Yes. Again, people have said to me in conversation, in passing, whatever, that when we, when I was growing up, I got bullied all the time and I did fine and I've never tried to kill myself because I was getting bullied, blah, 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 blah. Well, we were also bullied like Monday through Friday, eight to three thirty. You know? Yeah, you got a break and, from it, and it was and an overt. It phys- was usually face to face and physical, so it was like this face to face. Yes, yes, absolutely. There was no anonymity. 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 Yes. There was none of that. English is hard. I heard that. Um, but there was, there was none of it. There was all, they were, they had to stand in your face and they had to say it to your face and, or they would say it behind your back, but it would always get to you, you know? And so, but there was never, they had to say it to somebody else. It physically Mm -hmm. had to come out of their mouth. And when that happens, you tend to be a little more censored than what you are when you're sitting behind a computer screen and you can just type stuff out, you know? Right. So that, and that's where bark kind of came from too, is all of that bullying and those kids being constantly connected and, and that kind of stuff. So I just found this statistic that I want to share with you. Okay. Sure. And we all know how much I hate statistics, right? Sarah but I, loves think, them. <laughs> I think this one's actually pretty true. So okay. are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. So how much do you think it cost to buy a slave in 1850? Like a slave in art in today's money, how much would it have cost to buy a slave? Oh man, we're doing this thing. Okay. Let's see. Um, Just throw out a number in today's money though. $300. Oh geez. That's how much okay. it actually was probably back then. It, 40000 Oh, okay. See, okay. <laughs> I wouldn't be a good slave so, owner. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'm glad to know this. <laughs> I hope you wouldn't be a good slave owner. Gee, many Christmas. Uh, so in 1850, average price for an enslaved person uh, in America, in the American South, was equivalent to $40,000 in today's money. Okay. How much do you think it costs to buy a kid? Is today? it less expensive or is it more expensive? I'm not going to tell you. You just no, take you... a guess. Uh, can I just go with one of those? Okay, let's, I'm going to say it's less expensive. <laughs> I don't just like throw out a game. Number. <laughs> throw out a um, number. Okay, I think it's lower and I think it's much lower. Let's go with $10,000. Oh, honey. I know. I'm horrible at this game, aren't I? Am I going to gonna One child vomit? in the love... One child in the Love 146 Survivor Care Program was sold by a trafficker to a brothel. This is a one-time purchase for $72. <gasps> it's typically under $100. Oh, 
you're going to pay more for a baby than you are for an adult, but it's typically under a hundred dollars. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Can you believe that? No, I can't. I said that, that I, that was a higher price in the 1800s and I was way off. (laughs) You were like 300. (laughs) I don't don't know. I've never bought anybody before. (laughs) I know. Thank God I didn't know the answer to the question. Well, typically (laughs) depends on where you're looking at. And, you know, we talked about too, the, the blonde haired, blue eyed. Oh yes. Yada yada. Target. Yeah, yeah. That actually doesn't exist. No. Because everybody out there has their own. Fetish. Okay, hold on. I got it. I know what you're going to say. Their own fetish. And the reason she has such a hard time with this is because the fetish industry is a huge reason why the porn industry is making a lot of money and a lot of those individuals are trafficked. Save that for another time because we're going to have right. a guest on that's going to be talking I, with us. This is, we were going to record that uh, when we did the winery, and then we were going to record again later. And our guest speaker is currently not available. <laughs> She's in Vegas. <laughs> we love her <laughs> very um, much. Yeah, and she has yeah. some really amazing insight. Like she, she's a part of the industry, um, the film industry, the adult film industry, uh, and she does things on her own terms uh, and very restricted. And, um, and yes. so I think we're gonna get some really amazing insight from her because we're gonna learn a lot um, about how she does things because she is all about empowering herself. And when you look at places like Pornhub, they are all about making money. And right. there's very minimal restrictions there. And there's a lot of trafficking that goes on. So there's a plug yes. for the next time to be able to listen. So keep listening. Yes. Okay. Yes. But the reason why I was hesitating is because I, I hate to give uh, precedence to these perpetrators. Oh, so yeah. using the word fetish to me or, you know, want or need or whatever like that it using that for a pedophile to me is giving them the okay that it's okay for them to do this and it is absolutely not okay for them to do this obviously but we um when it does come to those predators they are looking for things that are different than it's not just your blonde haired blue eyed little boy or girl anymore it is all across the spectrum, it does not matter. Socioeconomical, color, race, gender, does not matter. None of it matters at this point. Right, and, and physically, uh, when we talk about that, you know, I mentioned um, that with my children, I always make sure that I want to do repetition with them when I'm teaching them something. And so, for example, um, I'm supposed to be at the ball fields, getting ready to play softball in. 40 minutes and um the kids would have been at the field with me if Brooklyn didn't have COVID symptoms but anyway when they go to the field with me they've been going to the field with me for about three years now and um they are 10 and 8 which means you know they were 7 and 5 when they first started going to the field with me and since they were really little I've always talked about you know if somebody comes up to you 
um, and they're an adult and they're asking you for help. Adults don't need to ask children for help. Adults ask other adults for help. So that's a red flag. So then you need to go find somebody you feel safe talking to and get away from those people. If somebody grabs you, what do you do? You, you know, and so if they needed to like even use the restroom or get out of my eyesight for a minute, they would run over to your mom. I have to use the restroom. I'm like, okay, what do you do? And so if somebody touches you and it's, it wasn't even grab you. If it was, if somebody touches you and they were like, bite, kick, scream, punch, yell. And I was like, okay, go to the bathroom, come right back. And some of my teammates, you know, when I first started playing, they kind of looked at me and I was like, do you know what I do for a living? And, right. Um, do you know were, what I see? They know what I do now and they completely get it. But even now, whenever they have to go to the bathroom, they come over and tell me and we have that conversation. And so in my mind, I like to think that, you know, I'm training their brain to be able to respond if we're having that conversation. So if it's so repetitive, their brain is remembering that and hopefully they can respond hopefully. in more of a fight response as opposed to a freeze. Um, but flight would be okay too. Flight, um, yeah, But fine. as opposed to a freeze. And so that is, is my outlook. So even though it's less likely to happen for your kids to be snatched up by a stranger, preparing them for those things and talking to them about, you know, an adult coming up and asking you to come to their car because they need help is a, that's a red flag. Adults don't ask children for help. They ask other adults for help. Or, you know, I I asked my kids, they love dogs. And so if somebody pulled up in a van, the first time I asked this question was hilarious. Maddox was like, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Somebody pulled up in a van and they said, come look at my puppies. Would you go with them? And he was like, yeah, mom. No, no, (laughs) no, honey. (laughs) So, you know, and I, sometimes I, I think about if they really were, would be prepared. So like if I were to test them and have somebody pull up actually with puppies and a vehicle and see what they would do. I would be interested because I feel like I've prepared them, but really is what I've done prepared them enough. So you do have to prepare your kids for things outside of the internet because those things can still happen. But that that's also, you know, giving them those tools to say this, this feels uncomfortable. You know, I need to get out of this situation. Well, and, and Nick Mick says that in 2019, they had over 1300 attempted abductions reported to them uh just in 2019 alone so 1300 or 13,000 over 1300 it just says 1300 plus okay but for me that doesn't that seems like a low number compared to how quickly well it's also what was reported to nick mick too though that's true you know uh, you know that's not all of them that happened but for no. me, it just seems Again, like a low number compared staff. to, yes. yeah, yeah, compared to what happens on the internet, you know, just by watching right. that bark video and then getting the ad or the, her profile up there. And within 40 seconds, somebody reaching out, I was just like, <gasps> makes me want to vomit. Right. right. You know, absolutely. So we've talked a lot about internet and about social media there are a ton of resources out there to help with, you know, social media and how to talk to your children. One of the things, though, that I think is really interesting that we talked about yesterday, too, was so on Polaris Project or the National um, Human Trafficking Hotline, this is adult and children across the board. This is all sorts of trafficking, not just sex trafficking, but also labor trafficking. 
but they have had a 19% increase in uh, reports to them from 2018 to 2019. And I found that to be really interesting. But what they're kind of attributing it to is the minors and the younger generation are now using text to talk Mm -hmm. to them because they have the option of texting. And so in 2019 alone, they had a 62% increase in the amount of text messages that they received. In fact, they received 8,412 text messages. And so as compared, I mean, everything went up, obviously, when you have a 19% increase from one year to another, everything went up. And again, when we talk about statistics, did they go up because it's happening more? Or did they go up because we're, we're talking about it more, we're educating about it more, we're out there more, you know, why did they go up? Why is it both? You know what I mean? Or is it both? Absolutely. It absolutely could be both. And so I think knowing your resources and knowing where to go and what to do and how to talk to your children about anything and everything is so important. Uh, On the missingkids.org website, when you first go to missingkids.org, on the very top, there's a spot that says education. And there's two different areas. There's NetSmarts and KidSmarts. And NetSmarts talks about, they, they send you to a whole bunch of different areas and a whole bunch of different resources about what you can do to help keep yourself knowledgeable about the internet and what's happening on the internet. And they also have uh, tools and ways for you to talk to your children about these kind of things. And KidSmarts has ways for you to talk to your kids about everything, all of this, child abduction, you know, sex trafficking, all of that. Um, in age ranges so and they have handouts they have videos they have all sorts of stuff they even have school curriculum uh, well Sarah you know one of the things that you talked about yesterday too was not just being aware of what your children are doing online but being aware of what you are doing online as well and what you're posting Mm -hmm. and I wanted to talk about this because I just saw a really interesting um, post I think Peyton from work did it um, and so yesterday you I mentioned, don't know, um, I think she started right after you left. She's very sweet. Okay. You would like her. Okay. Um, and so you were talking about how you went to what your kids music, music program and why don't you, what you were talking no, about. No, what yesterday. I said was, you know, we, we, we tend to do this and I, I just as guilty of it as anybody else but we tend to where we go and we check in on Facebook or we check in wherever we're at and it says like oh I'm at so and so's band band performance and you're logged in your location is like general school in general city and that kind of stuff now perpetrators know just based off of your information of this this child they know where the kid's going to school what city they're in at that they have that they do an extracurricular activity so generally for those extracurricular activities you're there before or after school uh and so they know that you know there's a a schedule and a routine that is kept with that child so that they can go to these things and they can see that and they can monitor that and see what the the 
schedule is like and know a ton of information about your child based off of what you post. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I want to talk about this um, this image that I have, this infographic that I have. <clears throat> um, okay, so it says, what information are you driving around? And these are all like bumper stickers on the back of this SUV, okay? So the first one is a baseball that says Billy number five. The second one's a dancer that says Olivia. And then the arrow to it says, let me introduce you to our children. And because they're involved with extracurriculars, we'll be gone most evenings or weekends for practices or games. And then there is somebody on a motorcycle and it says, this is how we roll. And then the arrow to it says, we like expensive toys that you can probably find in our garage. So this is pointing toward like um, stealing from them. But I want, there's a couple more on here. That I want to talk about. Yes. Um, Shady Pines resident parking 01-2-21. So this is where we live or slash work. Uh, right. They have a Richland High School A-plus honor roll student. This is where children attend school. Attend school. Um, mm-hmm. They have a personalized plate on there. And so this says, mm-hmm. my personalized plate is easier to recall. Um, they have an oil-filled spouse bumper sticker on there. It says, my spouse is away for extended periods of time. Mm-hmm. They have um, a hunting sticker on there. It says we like outdoor sports and may have expensive equipment at home or possibly in our car. We'll also be gone on most weekends during peak seasons, leaving our house unattended. And then they have a baby on board sticker. We'll have our hands full right. and be distracted when we get where we're going, making us an easy target. So, of course, that kind of leads to, you know, theft. But it can also lead to giving somebody information about Way too your much family. <laughs> there's yeah. a lot of bumper stickers on here and I know they're just trying to make a point but um you know but just think are... about the information yeah. that you're providing about you and your family right um, when you do things like that and it's okay it's okay to like rep your children and like put their stickers on the back of your thing you know like Brooklyn's in cheerleading and you know I like to rep that and Max is really getting into sports now too and so you know it's okay to support your kids just be really conscious of how you are providing that information just to protect, not just your kids, but you too. Because if you, if you think about it, you know, we're talking about protecting your children or, you know, children around you, but think about if something happened to your child, it would be devastating. So why wouldn't you take every step possible to protect your children and you, right? And yourself. Right. Absolutely. And along those lines and something that we didn't talk about and that we probably should have talked about anyway, but is I absolutely am obsessed with like 31 bags and bags in general and things like that. But putting your name on a bag or putting your child's name on a bag automatically uh, puts them at risk because now they're walking along on their way home from school or on their way to school or wherever or out at the store or something. And they have this little bag on that says, you know, Sarah on it. And a perpetrator now knows your child's name. And how comfortable is your kid going to feel if somebody already knew their name? Mm-hmm. And that's where if it they comes walk in. up and they say, hey, Sarah, uh, your mom sent me here to get you. Because and you don't have your password set up, right? Like, mm-hmm. have we talked about this too on here? I think we have where, where we have a password you in have a our password. family. 
Mm-hmm. And um, if somebody comes to pick the kids up from school, that's different than what they thought was going to happen during the day. That person has to have the password, no matter who they are, unless it's my parents, because my parents are like their second parents. You know what I mean? Like they're, that's just no question. It, it would be fine. And I don't even know the password. Right. Um, and you won't know it unless you have to go get my children. Like right. that's, that's our rule. So if somebody were to come up behind them and say, your mom's running late. I, she wanted me to come and pick you up. My kids would say, what's the password? They have done this before. They have put this into place. And I've, um, I've seen it happen because I was at work and I don't remember, I think at the time their dad was, um, got entangled in something at work and wasn't able to be there and Brooklyn had practice. And so one of her teammates was going to come and pick her up. Her mom was going to come pick her up and got there. And she's like, Morgan, what is this damn password? They won't come with me until I give them the password. But <laughs> you know, and it was something that I asked her. I was like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. And we just happened to be talking about it. Like I think a couple practices before. So she knew that we had one, um, but they wouldn't go with right. her. And they knew this person like that was, Brooklyn's teammate's mom and the little it was Maddox one of his friends's mom and but they wouldn't go with her until she had the password and so when you have that those those fail safes in place to protect your kids you know that's the way that you do it so if that does happen and you do have a a monogrammed backpack with your child's name on it because it's cute then you have that fail safe in place to to discuss and we also need to talk about not only you want to look at the red flags and things that have changed in your kid or mm-hmm. your, your, your children's friends or whoever, you know, when you're around kids, even before I had kids, I, I did like nursery at church and stuff like that. And I always worked with youth at church and things. And so I have no, you know, I've been around kids and watched them grow up and everything and just watching and making sure that you understand some of the red flags. One of the biggest red flags that I can tell you, because it's really difficult to, especially when we're talking about teens uh, and tweens and things like that, because <laughs> they're going to be all angsty already. And it's, I it's, love that it's, word. I fucking love that I word. Know. I know it's because you can just like, <laughs> you can see it. see it and feel it <laughs> as you're saying it. Like, yeah. Ugh, like, so Ugh, emo. So emo. So angsty. <laughs> um, so, God, mom. That's, uh, mom. <laughs> mom. Yes. Yes. Um, so we, you have to understand that when they have a complete personality change, there is a problem. There is an absolute problem. Mm -hmm. It's a red flag. Absolute red flag. If there is a complete personality change. Now there is an angsty, you know, child out there. Yes. My nephew in the last couple of years has gone from just this sweet, loving little like be bopping around. I love you, mom. I want to sit on your lap, mom, sort of kid to like, why are you even near me? Like, don't look <laughs> at me, that kind of thing. But he's still underlying, still has that, that loving, sweet, you know, that loving and, and he's still the same kid. And although I looked at him one time, he, oh, Bradley gave me a kiss and he said, Ugh, I don't do that anymore. And I was like, why? And he said, because it's gross. You don't want to kiss your mom. <laughs> and I was, I literally just looked at him and yelled at him. Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> just because he's, that's not who he is. Right. Um, yeah. 
And, and so obviously that's a small change and everybody goes through that and that kind of thing. But noticing even the way that they dress or the way that they want to dress. And um, when I was growing up, my mom said that she noticed a change in the way that I interacted with my boyfriend after we slept together for the first time. She knew mm-hmm. when it happened because there was a change in our body language yes. and how we interacted with one another. And that's an automatic, that's just your body doing that. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's an automatic thing for your body to, to physically move differently, basically, mm-hmm. uh, and have a different sort of comfort level, not only just with I had your a boyfriend, but in general. <laughs> You gave me a visual on how to move to differently. (laughs) We're not talking about right after it happened. (laughs) No, no, not like right after it happened, honey. (laughs) I know, but I am a visual, you know? Yes, yeah, yeah, yes, yes. No, no, no. I I get what you're saying. Um, Not immediate, but but if you think about it, it, it's an automatic reaction of your body because now it's like oh oh I'm I'm supposed to be like just that that inherent I don't caveman kind of sense of I'm supposed to be mating and so I have to make myself look different now because this is what I'm supposed to be doing and so even just the way that you walk and the way that you move it's different a lot of Mm -hmm. times after all of that (laughs) uh so (laughs) but Keep your eye out. Keep your eye out um, on your children, on the children that are around you, and watch them and and study them and follow them, basically. Oh, no, not follow them. Please don't follow them. It's weird. <laughs> Sorry. No stalking. <laughs> but, you know, and like I said, you know, be, you, Morgan was talking yesterday about role models and having role models and you know, her, her kids do have a lot of really great role models. My mm-hmm. son has a lot of really great role models yeah. and in their lives and, and support and safety. Right. Yeah. right. And being there and knowing that you, they can come to you, but they can come to you and know that they're safe, but that doesn't mean that we're not going to have to intervene and do things. Right. So right. if there's a safety issue, obviously I'm going to have to intervene and be like, no, we have to you need to talk to your parents we need to talk to so and so we need to do something about this yeah we'll do it together but we'll do it together yeah yes I will help you you know um that kind of thing is is so important in young kids lives to have something because not all kids do have great role models in their lives and I don't judge when it comes to parenting because we're all driving that struggle bus together doing the best you can with what you have one of um the youth pastor from our my church that I go to one of the he does like the um middle school high school kids he pulled into church the other day uh I was there on a day off that I was working on some extra stuff or whatever and I had to stop him and he they drive a van and literally on the very front the tag on the front says struggle struggle bus (laughs) and I was like you do not drive a vehicle that says struggle bus and he was like yeah I drive the struggle bus every day (laughs) I was like "Mm, I get it (laughs) yeah but I mean if you think about it we're all just doing the best we can with what we have and when we talk about that like it's really significant for right now I mean think about what's going on 
in the world right now and kids going back to school (laughs) like for sarah it's different they have hybrid right you're doing hybrid or is he going back full time it's even well it's even more crazy now that we're all quarantined um well yeah because we don't know how he's going to start school now um they can go they we have three three options it is hybrid at first um but we have three options yeah for us we don't have any options it's we are going virtual for the first six weeks no questions asked and the immediate thing that I thought about when I heard that was how is this going to work for those kids whose parents cannot take off of work to be home to homeschool them how is this going to work for those kids who don't have supervision at home to get through their schoolwork? That's six weeks of schoolwork. Y'all I'm a nurse and I run a program and I am so fucking fortunate to have the support that I have from work because I went and sat down with my boss and told them what was going on. And she was like, you can pick up hours wherever you can get them. As long as you can get your hours in, I'm good with it. And if you can't, then I'll just take PTO. Like it's, it's been so right. flexible, but people don't have that. And no. so I'm worried. And when you talk about that, now they have access to these devices, even more access to devices without supervision. So, you know, right. look out for your kids, look out for your friends' kids and your kids' friends and all that good stuff. Right. And one of the things that uh, uh, one of the girls, one of Bradley's friend's mom and I talked about uh, was that if the school shuts down uh, again because of, you know, having to quarantine or whatever, she works, you know, an eight to sometimes four job, sometimes six to three job. It depends. Uh, She's a manager. And of course I work nights. And so I told her on the days that I'm not working and I've slept, the kids can come over to my house and we can do school at my house. And then on the days that you're off, and, you know, I have to work or whatever, uh, we can do school at your house mm-hmm. and we can just switch back and forth and making sure that the kids get what they need. Um, and then I talked to another mom who said that she was going to go, they were going to go virtual because they just didn't want to take the chance of sending the kids. And I said, you know, I get that. I just, do you think it's going to be you know, they're going to go, but we're going to, our school is going to be full is what she said. I said, do you really think the school is going to be full? And she said, yes, because I don't think that people in our school district have the option. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what scares me. That's yeah. what scares me. Yeah. 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 And, and, and I said, well, we're kind of in the same boat. I mean, we could make it work, but it wouldn't be easy and it wouldn't be good for Bradley. Yeah. Uh, whereas other people, you know, she she has a f- kind of a flexible schedule, and then her husband's a stay-at-home dad, so he's retired from the military, and so he just stays at home, and so they have that option, and that's mm-hmm. awesome, and I wish I had that option. Yeah. Uh, but you know, with Chris working twenty-four hour shifts and me working nights, it just doesn't it doesn't work out that way. Yeah. But. Okay. I know you're quarantined. Uh, and but now I'm quarantined because we've all got symptoms in this world, I guess. So 
Um, well, let- we have gone an hour and 15 minutes. I know. I'm one. sorry. I'm sorry, No, it's guys. fine. I think it was a good conversation. And I think this I is what people to. were looking forward to. Um, I know yes. that a lot of people were talking about wanting to hear how to talk about sex with your kids. And so maybe we'll do that one sometime soon, too. Have we done that one? We haven't, have we? No. I don't think no. we've done that one yet. So we'll do that one sometime soon. But keep an eye out for the next one um, coming out or one soon. I don't know when soon. it will be exactly. Yeah. But whenever we'll, we'll we talk about trafficking in, in porn. Porn, um, yep. Which so. was going to be my master's thesis. Um, but I didn't know that, I didn't think that my school was going to allow it. So I just went with human trafficking instead. Yeah. Just straight so, up. Well, so we let me give you some resources real fast. Oh, hold oh, on. I got to get resources okay, again. Sorry. I jumped again. Go ahead. Resources. Jeez. I'm sorry. Yeah. Shit. Okay, polarisproject.org is the national hotline, and the phone number for the national hotline, if you want to call them, is 1-888-3737-888. You can text BEFREE to 233-733, or on polarisproject.org, there's a live chat button that you can use and you can chat with them 24 hours a day. Somebody will always answer that 1-800 number. There is a live person that answers that phone number 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. I've called them on multiple major holidays and they have answered the phone. Uh, and they have a whole lot of resources. They have a whole lot of information. If you, if you need help with anything, they've, they've got you. They got you, boo. The other website is missingkids.org. You can go there for education purposes. You can go there to look at, they've got, uh, that's where I got a lot of our statistics and uh, they have information. You can donate to them. They're amazing. I adore them. Slavery, or I'm sorry, slavery. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) The tag, the tab on my computer that's up, it says slavery because that's where I had, I was looking at the statistics from slavery. Um, but it the website is love146. They have a whole lot of information. They actually have a lot of information too about online, how to talk to your kids about what's uh, acceptable online. And I, I feel like some of the times when we give these resources out, some of the resources that you find when it comes to human trafficking are very religious based. And a lot of times that doesn't sit well with some people and love 146 is not religious based at all uh, so I, I do love this website they have videos that I've shown at the high school that I speak at and things like that that have gone over really well and then finally the app that we talked about tonight was bark uh, bark.us and uh, just look into them if you have a kid that is old enough to be on social media platforms also, follow us on Facebook at Do I Make You Uncomfortable. Instagram is at Do I Make You Uncomfortable 2015. And Twitter is at Do Uncomfortable. No, wait. Yeah, at Do Uncomfortable. Or you can email us with suggestions of topics or suggestions of us never talking again. Um, <laughs> we won't listen. <laughs> we aren't going to listen. But uh, the topics we'll probably listen to. Uh, but We've gotten a few uh, too. We have. Do I make you uncomfortable at gmail.com. We have gotten a few topics. And uh, the last one that was 
suggested to Morgan we're going to do. It's just going to be a very difficult one. It's going to be a hard one. It's going to be a hard one. It's going to be a review of one of the Netflix um, documentaries. Well, I don't think we should just review the Netflix documentary, but well, we'll talk. We'll talk about the the they asked for a review of it to an overview of it, Um, and so we'll we'll do an overview of it and then have a conversation about it as well it's the gabriel fernandez documentary and then we've and also not talked about doing about the epstein, epstein one of course we're going to do that one um we Eventually. both have a lot to talk about on that one. Mm, oh, girl uh, <laughs> um so if you have any suggestions actually my mom sent me a suggestion and she oh. sent me a suggestion about doing some research on um fetuses being used in vaccines I think it's really interesting. And I think that that's a really interesting topic that we should look at because I have one of our nurses does not get vaccines because of that reason. Yeah. So um, she asked me to do that one. And I said, it's going to take a little bit of research for that one, but we will add it to our list. So our list is growing as we knock off um, one or two here and there. So actually we have a lot of different options to continue doing the podcast but thank you for sticking with us even when we take breaks um and giving us grace especially when we when life hits us in the face um you know after we experience death or um just right just dropping the ball because we are getting into 90s uh music bingo at the winery so (laughs) (laughs) i hope that we made you a little bit uncomfortable or at least you know, talked about how it's okay to be uncomfortable. Um, in this one, I don't right. know if it was so much uncomfortable, but I hope you got some really good info um, from Sarah and I. Sarah has a lot of really amazing info. So I always reach out to her when I feel like I need some information on these topics. So, yes. All right. All right. Well, well thank you until guys so next much. Time. Okay. Bye. All right. Bye. Thank you.